All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At Close of Business, News Briefing. Welcome to At Close of Business. I'm Matt McKenzie with the top headlines this Wednesday, January 25th. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pragma Lawyers. Perth has suffered its worst inflation in 32 years in 2022, hitting 8.3%. That was the highest level over a 12-month period in the city since the year to June 1990, according to the latest Consumer Price Index numbers from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. In the December quarter alone, prices lifted 3.6% in Perth as the state government's electricity credits wound down. Nationally, prices rose 7.8% for the year and 1.9% in the quarter. Only Adelaide had higher inflation in the past 12 months. But amid big rises in the price of new houses, pet food, fuel and breakfast cereals through 2022, there was some relief for WA consumers. Fruit prices fell 7.1% in the state's capital for the quarter, while vegetables were down 6.9%. Woodside banked almost 5.2 billion US dollars of revenue in the December quarter. But revenue at the Perth-based oil and gas company was down about 12% compared to the three months to September. The business merged with BHP's petroleum arm in the middle of last year, boosting output to record levels. Woodside said production in 2022 had been 157.7 million barrels of oil equivalent, above its updated guidance of between 153 and 157 million barrels of oil. First cargo from the $17 billion Scarborough to Pluto Train 2 LNG project was expected by 2026, the company said. Chris Ellison-led miner Mineral Resources has pushed back the expansion of its Mount Marion lithium project, blaming labour shortages and delayed supply of equipment. The company has been planning to expand the Goldfields mine to produce about 900,000 tonnes annually, but in its fourth quarter results today, warned full ramp-up of the project will not be achieved until July. As a result, the company has cut its guidance for shipments from the project by nearly 20% to between 250,000 and 280,000 metric tonnes. Minres owns 51% of the Mount Marion lithium operation. Also in lithium news today, US-based Albemarle Corporation has forecast growth in demand for the battery mineral and is planning an expansion to its global operations. Albemarle markets the commodity from the mineral resources-operated Wajina project and has a 49% interest in the mine at Greenbushes. The company started construction of a lithium hydroxide processing refinery in Kemerton in 2019. The New York Stock Exchange-listed business said it expected demand would rise up to 15% by 2030. It's understood the company hopes to at least double its global lithium production capacity by the end of the decade, with expansion plans at both the Wajina and Greenbushes sites. And finally, private company Cockatoo Island Mining is on track for shipping first iron ore this year after signing a land use agreement with the area's traditional owners. The agreement is with the Danby Mangari Aboriginal Corporation. Cockatoo Island Mining bought the mine out of receivership in 2020 and has since been preparing for a resumption of operations from its seawall pit. The island is 120 kilometres north of Derby. Coming up next, Jordan Murray outlines the risks to WA in 2023. At Pragma Lawyers, 
We help our clients avoid and resolve legal disputes so they can focus on what's important. We do this by thinking outside the square to advance and protect our clients' interests in innovative and cost-effective ways. Based in Subiaco, our specialist lawyers assist in all aspects of business law, including dispute resolution and litigation, insolvency and restructuring, employment and industrial relations, property and business transactions. To find out why Australasian Lawyer Magazine awarded us the title of Top Boutique Law Firm 2022, visit pragma.law today. Welcome back to our Close of Business. I'm Matt McKenzie with journalist Jordan Murray. How are you today, Jordan? I'm good, Matt, and I think this is my first time on the podcast as a guest for 2023, so it's a novel experience for me. Well, welcome to the uh, to the hot seat, and it is a hot seat because you've been looking at risks to WA. They could be big, they could be significant, or we might have a really positive year after you know a few that have been pretty tough. What was your assessment, and particularly, what's your assessment about the risk of a recession? One of the exercises I undertook for this feature article in the latest edition was uh, speaking to economists about the risk of a recession and asking them specifically, how do you assess the risk of a recession? And I do appreciate that that question is difficult to answer. One of the most fascinating responses, though, I received was from a gentleman by the name of Alan Trench, and he uh, works at UWA's business school. He's an ASX director, uh, formerly worked at Woodside, I believe, and he is a mineral economist by trade. And he gave me a really fascinating response when I asked that question about a risk of recession, and he referred to a quote by celebrated economist Paul Samuelson, uh, Wall Street indexes have correctly predicted nine of the last five recessions. I see. It's a fantastic response, isn't it? And I think it spoke to the foibles of the question I was trying to ask economists. It was fascinating because it, it, you consider that in the context of where we find ourselves now in Western Australia. And obviously, energy prices are increasing. Inflation is increasing. The cash rate nationally is increasing. Interest rates all over the world are increasing. And yet things don't seem to be too bad here in Western Australia. There's still plentiful jobs. We still seem to be getting a lot of money coming into the government to pay for the services that uh, we all love and appreciate from our state government. We're almost in a little bubble, even though Professor Trench said we aren't in a little bubble here in Western Australia. And I think that positivity was exuded by many of the people I spoke to for this article. It's funny that you start off with an article that's uh, nominally about risks to WA, it seemed as if there were risks all over the place, and here in WA, things are going pretty swimmingly. It's funny, because I remember when I wrote this feature a few years ago, and everyone was very positive, and you know, there were very few serious risks that anyone identified, and then we had this little thing called a COVID pandemic, so <laughs> uh, it's a little bit ominous. And then also, I remember over the last couple of years, you know, as the economy started to boost back after the pandemic, and people said, oh, everything's perfect, and of course, many of them also missed the big inflation risk. Mm. So uh, there could always be something around the corner that people don't expect. Let's have a look at the budget, though. I mean, these are the people with a bit of expertise at Treasury when it comes to predicting a future. The budget, the, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, which tracks the economy. What do these numbers say? So at both the national and state level, it doesn't appear as if a recession is on the cards. And I'm trying to remember the numbers now, but if memory serves, the state Treasury has it's revised some of its uh, assumptions for the uh, forward estimates uh, per the mid-year review and they aren't great so I think CPI has been brought back up although not to the levels of inflation we actually have seen but growth nominally speaking 
in the year to June is pretty good. I think it's at about 3%, but then it craters over the forward estimates. And I don't think it gets beyond about 2.25% here in WA uh, until past the middle of the decade. So that's not the most uh, encouraging sign of things to come. Given though as well, when you look at the state budget, there are some pretty uh, conservative estimates built in, particularly on the price of iron ore. I think the long run average is only about 66 or $67 per tonne. And from memory, it's currently trading at above $100 per tonne. I think that when you have those quite conservative estimates built into the budget, there's plenty of room for surprise. And I think that that gets to some of the issues that some people have around uh, budgeting in this state, and particularly some of the overly pessimistic assumptions that are sometimes built into the current government's budgeting. Yeah, surely better to be overly pessimistic uh, and have things turn out well. I would agree with you. <laughs> than, uh, I mean, famously, though, I'm under the, uh, the previous Liberal government, people said that their numbers were too optimistic. But actually... And they were optimistic, as it turned out. But actually, at the time, they were probably a little bit below where the iron ore price actually was, and it just dropped more rapidly than anyone could expect. And golly, you know, $66 a tonne is um, a decently conservative estimate. But boy, oh boy, if it was back at in the low 30s again, then and that would be really terrible for government revenue. Uh, which brings us to a, a similar theme in terms of what the state government's doing in terms of its strategy with its budget and management of the economy. What did you deduce there? It does seem to be geared around the prospect of a recession, a global recession. So assumptions around uh, slowdown in China's economy, but particularly uh, recessions throughout uh, uh, countries like the US and the UK, which would be assumed to have a roll-on effect here in uh, WA. So there is a lot of... uh, uh, conservative assumptions around how spending might grow in the coming years. Um, there's some mixed opinions about how the state government has approached this. So I spoke to Steve Thomas, who's the uh, opposition's treasury spokesperson for this article. Uh, he made the point that a lot of the numbers that we do tend to see are as much uh, good luck than they are any aspect of financial management, and that's largely due to iron ore uh, royalty revenue. Um, but on the counter side to that, there was uh, an endorsement of the state's credit outlook by Moody's uh, late last year, uh, which seemed to indicate that uh, if the government strategy continues as is and if uh, revenues continue as is, then uh, there's every reason to believe that it's a positive outlook uh, for lending to WA. Um, But there was some caution there around uh, whether or not the revenue earned over the last couple of years was windfall revenue. And there was also some warnings there around whether or not the uh, income stream is diversified enough uh, to withstand, say, a shock decrease in the price of iron ore. But as I was getting at before, uh, based on current evidence and based on some pretty gloomy uh, assumptions about what's going to happen in China, uh, it doesn't seem as if the price of iron ore is going to dip anytime soon. And with it, Uh, the state's big budget surplus. Risk to the iron ore price might be something that does eventuate, though, if China uh, develops a policy of having one agency or one uh, sort of centralised office buying iron ore. They'll be able to drive down the price dramatically. That could be the biggest risk, actually, for Western Australia. Uh, You spoke a bit about the Chinese economy and how it's been travelling given the issues they have with COVID. I saw some things today that suggested that it could be a little bit more positive than people had been expecting, which brings me, I guess, to the final question. When you look at the rest of the world, what do we see? Uh, Doom and gloom, Matt. We see doom and gloom. And we've spoken about this before on the podcast. The US is likely uh, heading into a recession and 
the Federal Reserve Governor Jerome Powell has not been shy about saying that the country might need to endure a recession if it means inflation comes under control. We're seeing similar things throughout the European Union. In all of these jurisdictions, we're seeing inflation running higher than it is in Australia. We're seeing the official cash rate target set higher than it is in Australia. And we're seeing worse economic impacts. And of course, that'll have a flow-on effect here. When we're talking about China, it'll obviously have a flow on impact if there's uh, a slowdown in that economy because of the fact that they are such a big trading partner with WA. Uh, conversely, if there is a slowdown in the US's economy, uh, there's a lot of implications there for what their federal government is willing to spend here in WA, particularly on critical minerals. Uh, but again, just in general investment, because I think people do tend to forget that the US is the largest source of investment for Australia and I believe WA as well. So there's not a very positive picture being painted globally. But again, coming back to a lot of the feedback I received from people throughout this article, there's probably no place you'd rather be than WA right now. Things might not be good, but they're certainly a lot worse both nationally and certainly at a global level. Surely, Jordan, we are the lucky state in what is always called the lucky country. Thank you so much for your time today. And listeners, you can read this feature, Risks to WA, in the latest edition of the magazine, dated 16th January. Jordan, no doubt we'll chat again soon. Fantastic, thank you. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pragma Lawyers. The latest business news, delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.